Welcome back to Rising Action. I am one of your hosts, Josh Johnson, and over there, through the power of the internet, is Grayson. Hey. Hello. What's up? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty it's good. uh it's a it's a very jam-packed episode today. Uh there's a lot of yes, things to go over. So let's just do this. Without any ado at all. None whatsoever. No We're going to hop into a new segment here on Rising Action called The News, in which news, we talk news, about the news. news. <laughs> <laughs> first, first item uh, was something that you actually sent me today, and I am oh, yeah, immediately yeah. incredibly excited about it. There's a movie coming out featuring Matt Damon, uh, Ben Affleck, Adam Driver, directed by Ridley Scott called The Last Duel, mm-hmm. and the trailer dropped yesterday. We're recording this July 21st. The trailer dropped July 20th, and holy crap. Um, I, okay, first off, just the name, like the names themselves, into it already. Adam Driver, a f- freaking amazing actor. Like My dad? Yeah, he's your father. He's basically, <laughs> <laughs> he sired you. Um, and then Matt Damon, can't do any wrong. Dude's incredible. Legend. Also, um, I don't think I saw him in the trailer, but I did read that Ben Affleck is in the movie. He is in the trailer. He's blonde, I think. Oh, God. That was him? Yeah, yeah, he's in the trailer. Both Matt Damon okay, and Ben Affleck are, are look blonde. so different. They They're don't look different. themselves. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I, I don't think I caught that. But yeah, so the three of them, which means acting is going to be on point. I don't really know what this movie's totally about, to be honest with you. Even after watching the trailer twice, I don't... Maybe Adam Driver did something to Matt Damon so, and they don't like each other. No, okay, so here's, so here's what happened. I watched, the, I watched it twice, okay? So it's based on a true story. The true story, I don't know what it was but basically last duel set in medieval times i'm not sure where or when like automatically sign me up it's armor um swords and dueling um (laughs) josh is gonna watch this it doesn't matter (laughs) exactly that's why i sent it to him also ridley (laughs) scott um yeah who which i mean ridley scott has hit or misses but you know i still like his he has made he has made movies which i personally despise uh, Exodus, Gods and Kings, possibly the worst movie ever made. But he's also made movies that are just ridiculously amazing. So, yeah. world building, like Ridley Scott might be the best in terms of making worlds real, like making environments. Um, I I can't help but think of, um, oh God, what was the medieval movie that he made with um, Orlando Bloom? Uh, the, is it something Kingdom, The Last Kingdom? No, or something it. kingdom, right? It's got Liam Neeson in it as well. Yeah, it's not. It's, and uh, Seth oh, is out oh here God. screaming because I know that's screaming also one of his favorites. It's. I'm almost certain it is uh, Kingdom of Heaven. Sorry. That's what kingdom it is. King, good yes. God. I it's knew it was Kingdom. Appalling. I can't believe I forgot that. Okay, I love that movie, um, but I guess you right. wouldn't know that by how I just forgot about it. Anyway, there... Uh, he creates a 
world unlike anybody I've ever seen in that movie. Like, it's phenomenal. Anyway. He's doing two movies in one year, by the way. I'm just letting you know. What's the other one he's doing? He's doing House of Gucci, also with Adam Driver (laughs) and Lady Gaga. (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know, House of Gucci? Yeah, like, yeah, like the the brand. Anyway, uh, he, also, I didn't know he directed The Martian. Is this, is this accurate? Am yeah. I, that's cool. That's pretty neat. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, he I mean, the he's Martian. the, so, so obviously he has a, he has a good legacy of, of films. I mean, he's got Gladiator, he's got The Martian, he's got The Alien Saga, he's got, uh, and whether you think Prometheus or Alien Covenant are good or bad movies, that's up to you. He's got Kingdom of Heaven, which I know is one of Seth's favorites. He's got Blade Runner and was producer on Blade Runner 2049. You've got, like, I, did he really direct Black Hawk Down? Yeah, he did. That's crazy. Um, also, the... He's made Russell a Cr- lot of really, really, really good movies. Yeah, and the, and the best thing about him, in my opinion, is his visual style, which you definitely yes. see in this movie. Yes. Um, but basically, Absolutely, back to what I, was, yes. what I was saying, is I think there is, obviously, there's a kingdom, and this king, played by Matt Damon, is married to this woman who seems to be the central character. Well, he has mm-hmm. a best, like, the king has a best friend, or, like, an opposing king or something. I, like, I, they assume they're friends. Well... She accuses Adam Driver, who is the like the best friend, the other king or whoever he is, of attacking her, possibly raping her or whatever it is. And so it becomes a kind of a whole like political scandal where it's like whose whose words are true. Obviously, she is the queen, but she's also a woman. And in this time, you know, a like woman's like it, it, it says in the trailer, like the pa- it's like the only thing that matters is the uh, like the power of men. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, their power exceeds her words. And it's basically like this whole, like, is she credible? Like, can we believe her because she's a woman? You know, maybe she's out for power, blah, blah, blah. And so throughout the entire trailer, like, they, because they never show Adam Driver attack her. They just show a shot where he, like, slams the door on her. But they don't show mm-hmm. anything after that. And Adam Driver's character is pretty dead set on the fact that he's innocent. He's like, I am fighting for my innocence. And then she, and then the king is fighting for her innocence and it becomes this whole just like convoluted conflict and it looks very good and you're like I'm sitting there watching the trailer and I was going to tell you this and I'm sitting there watching it like I don't know who is right like I don't know who Mm -hmm. I am rooting for because I'm like I like I can see both sides of this I'm like I don't know who I believe because I didn't see it right and that becomes a lot of like you know people see that a lot even with real stories of like man, like, who, who's, like, the truth, you know? Like, what is the track record of these people? I'm sure, and, and I don't know if they'll keep that within the movie. I would love for that to be a thing where they basically keep you guessing on your toes throughout the entire movie like they did in this trailer, and then you don't find out till the very end, and it's like, man, like, who did you believe, right? And yeah. uh, I would love for that to be a thing because I think that would be an excellent form of tension uh, and storytelling, like you're basically always like, oh my gosh, like I, I don't know. But the trailer did that very well. Um, and again, a star-studded cast with Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, um, Adam Driver, and I want to shout out the actress, the lead actress who I cannot remember her name to save the oh, life brutal. of me. Uh, We're gonna what? shout her out, but we don't know who she is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Jodie Comer. Yes, she. What was she in? I've seen her before. She is in. Oh, she's in the new Free Guy movie. <laughs> That's what she's oh. in. Oh, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, she okay. was in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, oh my oh, gosh, okay. she's Ray's mom. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> there Are you, you go. All right. <laughs> no, I, I just that just clicked. I, that's where I recognized her from. That is, uh, that is Ray Palpatine's mother. <laughs> I'll get some flack for just saying Ray Palpatine. So um, we'll just say Ray. Anyway, um, she also looks very good in this movie. Um, and she does her. And so I'm, I'm excited, but. Um, anyway, I've blabbered long enough. Uh, back to you. <laughs> yeah, so swords, armor, Ridley Scott, great trailer. I'm excited. Yeah, the cinematography, uh, next, again, in the trailer looks amazing. Oh God. And that alone yeah. for me is like, I'll... I'll I, movie, like, I can be kind of tone deaf where I'm like, okay, like, I can watch a movie for the visual, like, appreciation of it. And just be like, well, the plot of that movie sucked, but man, it was a beautiful movie. <laughs> like, right, right. So Dune, I found, okay, I found this next, uh, yeah, well, for, I don't even really know where to start. Dune looks awesome. Anyway, I'm super excited Jimmy about Villeneuve, it. Um, also my dad. I have many dads. Yeah. Did you know that? You have many fathers. I don't know. Adam Driver, anyway. Zachary Levi, you know, Denis Villeneuve, uh, Brad Pitt. My father, my <laughs> father, Jason Momoa, released a Instagram <laughs> post announcing the release date of Dune, October first, twenty twenty one. Let's go! Let's go! I'm about time. I'm so excited. I I really honestly cannot wait. Um, I've been looking forward to this movie for a really long time. I mean, like before we even knew who was in the cast, I was checking Letterbox like. Have they announced anybody yet? I mean, do we know anything yet? Like, I've I've been peeled. If we're talking about a good movie. cast, oh my good lord, God! This cast literally has like fifteen people that are all A list actors. Yeah, and talk about a good director. You've got potentially Dude, my favorite, depending my on fave. your opinion, the first or second best director of movies working currently. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's my favorite. Denis Villeneuve is my absolute favorite director, and yeah. I am... I'll like, hedge I mean, and say top five, but he's amazing. Yeah, um, I mean, that's just obviously my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, for people who don't know about Dune, and I believe we've talked about it before, but you've got Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya as, like, co-leads. You've got Rebecca Ferguson, you've got Jason Momoa, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, Oscar Isaac, Javier Bardem, David Dalmatian... Josh Brolin and many. I was about many to say you haven't people. even gotten to Josh Brolin, and we've listed twelve uh, people. <laughs> yes, that is that is literally t- like that is twelve people or ten or twelve people right there, and there's more. Like there are more people, and it is uh yeah. And I mean, the, here's the thing with Denis Villeneuve, he nails um, classic sci-fi adaptations, in my opinion. I mean, just see Blade Runner twenty forty nine, um, and that's all you need to know. Um, yeah. And that's not an adaptation. That That is like a sequel, but it's like a standalone sequel. Also, listen, we've got Hans Zimmer back mm-hmm. in action. And you, know, and you know, listen, that the reason he did this movie is because, or the reason he didn't do Tenet was because he was doing this movie, all right? And yeah. so, listen, this man, I miss Hans Zimmer. I'm, I need... I need his music in my ears. (laughs) 
There's a lot of reasons to be excited. Dune is going to be a mega smash movie. I have no doubt that Dune will be in the billion dollar club. I have no doubt that it will be winning the box office for a really long time. Um, yeah, I Ridley Scott, we just talked about, you know, The Last Duel and how it's got a great cast and all that. We don't even know if it's going to make a ton of money. Who knows? Um, I'd never heard of it. Like, it didn't have this whole, like, mega marketing campaign. If you wouldn't mm. have sent me the trailer, I probably would have not seen it for a while. Dune, very well known. I mean, it's been known for over a year. It probably gets a little bit of a benefit because of the pandemic of, like, more anticipation. Because this movie was going to be a smash before the pandemic. Mm. And it's just increasing... In anticipation because we've had to wait so long for it and the like we knew the cast we've known it for so long um it's just it's fantastic i can't wait uh i i put on my instagram i was like don't text me i will be uh watching dune and my fiance was like um are you sure about that (laughs) (laughs) are you sure we're not doing anything else and i was like well okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exact. That's all you're doing is just that. But I'm just gonna. Watch I will Dune. say my discrepancy with it making a lot of money is that it will be on HBO Max, and uh, and also, will people be in? It'll be also in theater. In three months. It will be, but it's like, and I know a lot of people will go see it in theater. I will go see it in theater because yeah, for sure, of course. But again, like. Movie even Black Widow, which is a Marvel movie, is not making nearly as much money as a Marvel movie normally would because we are still in a uh, technically in a pandemic. So yeah, I I don't. But know. I feel like I, Dune is on like a tenant level where you know there's so much anticipation and you just know it's going to be amazing. Um, you know, tenant even in the midst of the pandemic made granted for a movie like tenant, they would have probably made more. They would have liked to have made more money, but it still made yeah. a crap load of money. And I think Dune regard, like it doesn't matter. It's going to make a crap load of money. Um, regardless of anything, like it's just gonna make money. Um, yeah, I, I hope so specifically because the evil and you, he did blade runner, back in 2017 and that movie did not make a lot of money in fact i think it actually suffered losses um and that upsets me dearly that's what makes me upset about the whole dune thing as i'm like man blade runner was a heavy hitting franchise and people were excited to see that movie and it still didn't do great i think it barely i think it may have broke even just barely like blade runner not making a buttload of money is the biggest mystery in cinema history in my lifetime there's like, a it, lot of it really makes good zero movies. sense yeah it's upsetting um so that's what makes me worried about dune and i feel like dune personally is lesser known than lesser known than blade runner so that's what makes me worried because i didn't know what dune was until like three years ago oh god yeah i didn't know until frank herbert I was, man uh, yeah um who was the lead actor uh, he's in um, not X Files. He was in um, oh, of the oh like nineteen eighties whatever remake or whatever it was. No, well, yeah, I mean there was the mo- there was the Dune movie, and he was the lead actor in um, the TV. Sh- oh, God, why can't I think of the TV Twin Peaks? Um, oh, 
Yeah, uh, that's the only thing I knew about that. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is like a pretty big like sci-fi franchise. Like, okay. Um, so it's all that's huge. to say, I hope it makes good money. I hope so. But I am hesitant because I'm like, mm, you got Pandemic. You've got that to mainstream audience. It says it's not that popular. It's also got a split on HBO Max. Mm. Like the last movie that Denis Villeneuve didn't do, did, didn't do great. It's just a lot of like negative factors that make me worried. I do, but I want it to make good money because I think it's going to be phenomenal. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Final note for today. Uh, we saw an announcement that there's going to be a John Wick show about the Continental. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming limited series. Yeah. Um, fantastic. So again, got, so actually, the show got announced a few years ago. Um, okay. I, or maybe last year, or like right after John Wick three, I think. So that was what John Wick three is 2019. So yeah, about two years ago, it got announced, and uh, what the post that I sent you was that it's supposed to be three 90-minute-long episodes with a budget yes. of over 20 million or, or like per or 25 episode. million an episode, which I'm like, holy that's moly. A, that's, that, a, that's a bunch of money. Do we know where they're going to release it yet? Um, I'm going to... I'm, gonna I'm guessing HBO again. Max, right? It just seems like uh, a safe bet at this point. Well, HBO is owned by Warner Brothers. John Wick is not. It is supposed to be... Um, I want to say it's like stars or something. Uh, oh it's e- God! It's it's either here, I'm gonna really? click on the article, Rick. Um, you mean I'm gonna have to get a membership, a subscription to Stars just to watch this uh, show? Hold on, let me. I'm not gonna lead people astray. Um, it's uh, what the heck? You gonna tell me where? Oh, wow. It takes place 40 years before the main events of the John Wick series. Um, and Keanu Reeves is in talks to be an executive producer. Um, and uh, it will... The main character is a young Winston who is playing, played by Ian McShane. Um, oh, yes. And, and Derek Kolstad, who did Nobody, as we were talking about last week or the week before, um, will be a executive producer... Um, and so is Chad Stahilski. So it's a lot of the original people. Okay, but let me figure out where the actual um, the actual show will take place because I don't want to lead people astray. Like I want to say it's something like Stars or like um, let's see. I'm so sorry, people. This is taking me so long. Let's just um, say that um, regardless of anything about the show regardless of where it's going to be, regardless of who's in it, um, we're going to get more action scenes that will make us make our toes curl, that will make us moan things that we didn't know we could say, and um, <laughs> more more John Wick universe, which is always a, a plus. I, I know we talk about John Wick a lot here on the show, but John Wick is awesome, and anyone who says it isn't can go away. Um the action scenes of John Wick are just wonderful. The world building, though, is like the coolest part of the whole franchise. I know the action scenes are something that we talk about frequently, and they are mm. just mind-boggling um, and so unique and so gritty. Um, but it's definitely not the best part 
of the show or of the the movies. I think the um, the world building is just on another level. It is stars, by the way. I was correct. Frick. Yeah, May twenty first. Sorry, it will release at some point before John Wick Chapter Four on May twenty first, twenty twenty two. So uh, a little bit less than a year. Better get filming, boy. Um, I know it. I was about to say they started filming. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're doing one episode at a time, so they've got a little bit of a buffer there. But they're ninety minutes, like, geez, yeah. Still, originally it was going, originally it was going to be one season eight episodes. Now it's one season three ninety minute episodes, which I kind of like. It's a three night event series. Don't mind it at all. Yep, not mad at all. They will have different directors for each episode, but Stahilski and um, uh, Kolstad. Will uh, will be main part. Oh, also David Leach. Yeah, cool. So basically, all the original people. It's gonna be dope. And I the second everything that you said about the fight scenes and the and like by the way, that's one of my favorite things about John Wick. Before we wrap into the up and go to the next thing, is the world of John Wick is one of my favorite things. So the fact that we're getting a show about the hotel and like kind of all the people that will traverse through it and stuff, especially 40 years prior, being like in the 80s, pretty cool. I like that. So um, the the main reason we're here, um, and and kind of. An interesting topic, one I hadn't really thought about, but Grayson, you brought up this really interesting point, and it is what this episode is all about. And so I will let you take it away. Here's your soapbox. Stand on it. Fantastic. Thank you for the soapbox. It's quite sturdy. Um, So I was pitching the idea, or just kind of discussing with Josh uh, about things we could really talk about. And one thing... Listen, I'm a man child. I like cartoons. <laughs> I've got a I've got uh, a Batman Beyond action figure t- to my left. I've got Spider-Man action figures everywhere. Specific I've got a 90s animated series drawing up there. I like cartoons, all right? Clone Wars is one of my all-time favorites. And so what, what, the idea was I've noticed that there is a trend especially especially within the past few years. Well, not the past few years. Um I'd say in the past 20 years, since about the late 90s, um, cartoons and animated projects in general have become more accessible for adults and even like ha- they have a kind of this dual accessibility. And so the main show that I was thinking about when I was pitching this idea was Batman the Animated Series. I watched an entire, like, three-hour documentary on the development of Batman the Animated Series, and that was such a fascinating show for its time because, one, not only did it reinvent and basically define the Batman mythos for the foreseeable future. I mean, projects now are still directly inspired by by Batman the Animated Series. Um, But it was a show that was super entertaining to children, especially myself, mm-hmm. and set up this whole universe, even going into like Batman Beyond um, and Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and Superman the Animated Series, um, all of these interconnected animated series revolving around DC characters. But it's a really good show for adults to watch too, because it's not 
boring and it actually has right. really good themes. It's not just like, oh, campy and stuff. Like, it's dark. Like, it's supposed to be dark. I remember one of my favorite episodes is about the character of Man Bat, um, Kirk Langstrom. And that's like that one episode, of the first episodes, isn't it? Yeah, it's very early, like two or th- episode two or three. And it's obviously about Kirk Langstrom, this scientist who turns himself into a man bat. And I remember it being like this kind of horrific, dark episode. Obviously, they ha- they cannot show as much as they could if it was like an adult show strictly. But and there's a literally on that documentary, there's a woman who she was dedicated to making sure that it would get passed by the the guidelines. So if there was a gun or something, like they'd have to be careful on like how they use it, or if they're, um, you know, if there was explosions or like you know, say Batman threw a batarang into the like barrel of somebody's gun and it exploded in their hand, like there couldn't be blood or anything. Um, some mm-hmm. of the punches had to be censored because they'd be like too brutal, or so they'd have to like find workaways around it to be implied. Um, so anyway, that show I think really pioneered and set off a new wave of cartoons that can be accessible to adults and children alike. Um, And just for animated projects in general, obviously we have cartoons that are made for adults. I mean, you've had the Simpsons and you've had Family Guy. Yes, Invincible is very much an adult show. Um, at least in terms of its gore and everything. Um, You've got Rick and Morty. Like, I mean, you've got all these shows that it's like, okay, this is a cartoon for adults. But Batman, the animated series, Star Wars, the Clone Wars, Avatar, the Last Airbender, uh, even SpongeBob are all shows (laughs) that are, obviously, we watch this children, uh, or people watch, like, even children watch still today, but you can go back as an adult and be like, wow, that was a good show. Like that was, and it, you know, it's still funny. Um, and that shows a lot of like creative talent, even like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is an animated movie. And I know kids who go crazy for that movie. Um, but man, it is tied with my favorite animated movie of all time. It's so good because it's again one of the animated projects that transcends from being just a kid's thing. Like animation does not um, equal just a, a younger just demographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's definitely, you know, we've seen a kind of a, a shift, if you will, towards having animation be yes for both kids and adults but we're also seeing it now where it's exclusively for adults with shows like rick and morty you ain't letting your kids watch rick and morty um the same guys who made that also made um oh crap what's it called solar something solar something i don't know they made another show that's essentially it's like that same dark humor oh i know and that intelligence very like same voices same guys everything um invincible which was a phenomenal show but it was also very much for adults um and it still had that same kind of batman the animated series animation Mm. style which was really fascinating um great actors in there they put a lot of money into it and as far as i can tell it's been super well received it's been involved in meme culture and it made a fair amount (laughs) of money um so you know i've 
I was talking to my fiance when I was watching Invincible and she was like laughing at me like, why are you watching an animated show? That's for kids. And I was like, he just dropped an F-bomb. He just cut some dude's head off. This is not for kids. You know, yeah. like there's definitely been a shift and I'm here for it. Um, I, I'm really liking the shows um, that are coming out and Batman the Animated Series probably was not probably it just was one of the first shows to kind of like pioneer that and you know it was really interesting you brought up uh star wars the clone wars which i think started out as a show 1000 percent targeted at kids absolutely like, at, it was a kid's show not even adult and kids like it just was a kid's show it's kind of goofy right. the plots are super duper simple the characters like it's just kind of it's censored, but it's just very simple, kind of like Saturday morning cartoons kind of thing. Right. Which for me growing up, that's what it was. Um, and I'm sure it was the same thing for you. Mm-hmm. And as its audience grew up, it kind of morphed with it to the point that the final season is 100% a show that kids and adults at the same time can watch. You know, I'm oh, 23 yeah. years old. And uh, the last season of Star Wars The Clone Wars, was I was glued to it. Um, it was wonderful and it wasn't just like these characters that we've grown up watching that was an element of it but it was the uh, more mature themes the incredible animation Um, there was a fight scene with Ahsoka Tano and Darth Maul in that season that was just ridiculous Um, so good so good you just don't see animation that good it was just incredible Um, so it's it's a really interesting kind of thing to to explore because I think animation has always been where the kids shows are um, and it's really not the case anymore. It's it's very much transitioning to kids and adults and even in a lot of cases exclusively for adults. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually didn't know you watched Invincible, so that makes me happy um, because Invincible Dude, is it was one of so my good. like. New- yeah, it really is. It's one of my new favorite shows. Um, and obviously, uh, do not show your kid Invincible, at least until they're like, maybe, I'd say like 14, 15 is a good age to to show there, you know, um, I just because it's pretty gore heavy. Um, other than that, though, I mean, I, I mean, Which I played I loved. Yeah, I, I, me too. I mean, I played Gears of War <laughs> when I was like 11. So like, I am oh, no stranger wow. to blood and guts and um, <laughs> that's just the that's just the blunt noise that uh, people make when they're just very squelchy. Um, <laughs> squelchy. <laughs> squelchy. <laughs> um, oh, anyway, back to to other shows. Um, yeah, I think I, I was actually telling you about this as well. Um, it's there's so many projects now that are directly inspired by Batman, the animated series or other animated projects like that. Um, they are coming out with a new Batman show on HBO max that Matt Reeves is directly involved in. And Bruce, Tim, the, um, the, I think it was the artist for, um, Batman, the animated series. Cause it was Bruce, Tim and maybe Bruce, Tim was the, the writer. Uh, I, I, anyway, there was a, it was two of them and, uh, yeah, he's coming back for Batman, the Cape Crusader on HBO max, which is supposed to be a basically even a bit more, even darker animated version of, uh, 
of of Batman. And uh, and now, I mean, DC also has a ton of uh, darker themed animated movies. Um, mm-hmm. So you've got um, all these new projects that are coming out. Um, and again, it's just like that duality of being able to be accessible to adults and children is like it's a it's really hard to pull off but the fact that like if you can pull it off and make it work i think pixar movies do that very well where they do where like and they're not even action heavy but they are like big hero six which is just totally a kid's movie that's not pixar but big hero six oh it's not it's not it's uh (laughs) who made that it was just the main disney animation studio um they're the ones that do like wreck it ralph and stuff like that um because Disney has their own animation studio, and then there's Pixar that has. But like, I remember I watched. Well, obviously, I grew up with Toy Story, and that is an, just such an iconic legacy of movies. Um, you've got Incredibles, which that movie slaps. Okay, <laughs> like talk about a we, great movie. That movie, in my opinion, has one of the. Again, it's very superhero based, but such grand adult themes and even like political themes. Yet as a kid, I'm like Frozone, <laughs> just like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's, you got Dash. He's like running across the water, but then they blow up. Like this little flying saucer thing blows up and hits a rock. And I'm like, those guys are dead. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, um, you, like Syndrome and stuff. I mean, there's some some really cool stuff in that movie. And then Syndrome like, is like the best antihero villainy kind of guy, like ever. Yo. He's so good. I love Syndrome. Um, Syndrome is freaking great. great. His origin is awesome. Did you watch um, Soul, which came out in December? Yeah. Okay. Freaking freak. Some people don't love that movie. I personally loved it specifically because I loved the themes of it and I loved the visuals. And again... The visuals were on another level. All these movies and stuff has such great casting. I mean, with Batman the Animated Series, that started out with, you've got Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, who are by far the greatest Batman and Joker voices to ever walk the face of the earth. So good. Yep. But with Pixar movies, um, you have you have some really, like you have a really star-studded cast. I'm thinking about Onward, which had Chris Pratt, Tom Holland. I mean, it had all these different people in it. So... So I guess in in the sense of what I'm trying to say here is like it's not like we should give more appreciation. I mean, I mean maybe we should, but like they are very notable, and it's like there was a time when cartoons equi- like still equivalated to oh this is childish, but and yeah. obviously like I mean you just said your fiance like oh this is a cartoon and it's like nope like it's not like people still watch Disney movies and stuff and it's like if you can incorporate adult themes in there and things that will grasp uh, an adult viewer while also entertaining a child um, and letting them like like resonate with them you've got a recipe for perfection there Um, so go watch the Iron Giant which is also a phenomenal movie (laughs) so which is your favorite kids show that adults can also watch and which is your favorite adult show that kids probably shouldn't watch that are both animated? Can you repeat that question one more time? I'm sorry. Favorite animated kids show that adults can watch and favorite animated adult show that kid kids probably should not watch. Should not watch. <laughs> okay. Well, 
I'm not going to say I'll can't because the- there's some there's some wilding out parents out here. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean uh, that's true. There's some that's like don't let your kid watch that. Um. Okay, so for the one, actually, I'll come back to the ones for a kids show that adults can watch. Um, I. I'm pretty big on all the ones that we listed or the, all the ones that I mentioned. Um, I would say for a, someone who is a more casual viewer, I personally would recommend Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, mm-hmm. That's a show that it's one of those shows that I have to kind of give a discrepancy. They start off as kind of childish. Like you start off Avatar and you're like, oh, this feels like a kid's show. But you, very soon, you get into really good character, uh, like the really good depths of characters and stuff like that. Um, and that's just something that you have to deal with with kids' shows. They like to start kids at a younger age, and it, the show grows up with them. Clone Wars was that specifically, where the show started off just mm-hmm. for kids. By season three, heads are getting chopped off. You know, it's like, oh, the yeah. kids that are 11, they're 14 now, right? Even Star Wars yeah. Rebels, season one was very kid-friendly, Season two, it immediately it's like, oh, uh, Darth Vader is just blowing everything up. Like, um, and, and the Bad Batch like has some similar like that's starting out to be a kids show. Um, but uh, I yeah, I'd say either Avatar: The Last Airbender or Batman: The Animated Series are two great animated shows that are just accessible for literally any age. Um, yeah. And then for a show that is animated that is very much adult and kids should not watch whatsoever, we already mentioned Invincible, so I feel like that's kind of a cop-out, so I'm not going to say that. Um, I, (laughs) you know, I am not caught up with the show, but I think Rick and Morty is pretty excellent. Um, Yeah, that would be my pick, too. It, and it's pretty it's pretty stupid like I'm not gonna lie it's it's really <laughs> dumb but it's super entertaining and uh, it, it's just it's just a fun to watch like it's, it's a good time um, Rick and so, Morty is so intelligent and that it uses its own stupidity as a strength in making the show like there's an right. episode in the most like they're they're coming out with new episodes for a new season right now and each like you just kind of know it's going to be the most off the wall thing you've ever seen like you just know that going into it but there's an episode where this guy who is Rick's arch nemesis which first of all we've seen like what four this is season four or five or something and we still haven't seen Rick's arch nemesis which you like he's got to have one because he's just this crazy like he's all powerful basically Mm -hmm. and his arch nemesis turns out to be some like gay dude from the sea who wears a speedo and like everyone <laughs> wants to have sex with him and he also owns the police <laughs> what it's just the most random thing but it's amazing that's and amazing it's wonderful and i love it so much uh yeah rick and morty rick and morty is really really good for me it would be um star wars the clone wars that's the best kids yeah. show that adults can also watch i yeah, the first probably two seasons really goofy um yeah, they're pretty. I've I've rewatched them, and I don't necessarily love the first couple seasons because they're just so yeah. like very much kids oriented. Um, but then there's like, some banger episodes in there. On, but overall, yeah, definitely some banger episodes. The Clone Wars movie, super goofy. Um, but like <laughs> yeah. season four on is really 
really, really, really good. Dude, season four. So for me, like if you if you want to watch the best content of Clone Wars, like there's people who have made episode guides out there. If you really want me to, I've got a list on my phone of the best arcs in Clone Wars, uh, and I can guide you, and you can skip tell me a ton why of these, it's like, the Bad Batch arc. Well, not the Bad Batch arc. The um, the uh, Rafa sisters. Five's arc. What? You don't that's skippable? Oh, not skippable. I mean, like the best arc. Oh, the um, fives arc. The fives arc is top three for me. There, there's a couple arcs that I think define the Clone Wars for me, and so I, I'm gonna just put in no specific order the top five. The one that set on Mortis is top five. The very last arc of Clone Wars season seven is probably the best in my opinion. It's I, I, <sighs> fives <laughs> is it's good. phenomenal. The wrong Jedi involving the framing of Ahsoka is super crazy. good um and then uh the umbara arc uh yeah. with with pong krell um that is a really good clone trooper arc and so, yeah. so those right there are like definitive clone wars arcs for sure um but there's just so much outside of those arcs too that are phenomenal there's the savajo um, press arc which i think some people oh. hate and some people love it I I I'm I think most people just tend to like that one, um, but I mean Darth Maul is one of the most represented characters in Clone Wars. If you want your Darth Maul fix, go watch Clone Wars because around season, I think he comes back in season five. They tease his return yep. in season three. Um, but yeah, yeah he's anyway, like that Spider Guy kind of deal. Whack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, Clone Wars is, is great, um, and there's just a lot of shows that are like that in general that I uh, that I adore and I appreciate. Uh, um, so yeah, I mean, there's not much more of a deep dive I can give other than um, it's really the themes um, and the style of storytelling that makes them accessible to both adults and children. Um, yeah. And not all succeed in that way, but they're the ones that do are absolute gems and, in my opinion, culturally iconic. Yeah, that's there's really no other better way you could put that, like the themes that grow with their audience. um, And then just I love that there are shows out there that you could. okay, like in a hypothetical scenario where you're a dad who loves movies like me in five years, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, what am I going to let my kids watch when they kind of come of age? It's going to be these shows like Batman, the animated series, uh, Star Wars, Clone Wars. My little brother is eight and he's currently watching the Clone Wars right now. And I'm super proud of that. Um, there, It's just I'm really fun that there are shows out there that are animated that kids and it's a weird thing. Like kids tend to find uh, shows and movies with real people in them much like scarier, more sinister than if it's animated. Like you could put anything into an animated show and a kid will just lap it up because it's animated, right. you know? Um, but you know, like somebody gets their head chopped off in Clone Wars, no big deal, but somebody gets their head chopped off in a real movie and it's real people. They're freak out. They're like, Oh my God, the guy actually died. And I was like, well, he actually yeah. died in the anime, whatever. Anyway, um, there's, um, and, there's love them. the saying that, uh, the, the message is the medium. Yeah. And uh, animation is for sure a medium uh, that tells its own message. Um, and uh, that's where I'll leave that. <laughs>
So that'll be it for this episode. If you would like, no obligation because I'm not your boss, but uh, if you would like, follow Rising Action on Instagram, risingaction underscore, and uh, stay tuned for the next episode. We'll see ya. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Rising Action. You can follow us on Instagram at risingaction underscore, and we will see you in the next episode.